the 19th Hole Podcast presented by Golf Talk Live and brought to you by Perfect Practice Putting Mat, Yips, and Survivor Golf Tee. How do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. It's a very, very special honor. I'm Paula Kramer, and you're listening. Well, we're waiting. Hi, this is Martin Cove, a.k.a. John Kreese from Cobra Kai, and you're listening to Golf Talk Live. Let the word go out from here across the land. Let Daddy Noonan uh, approve. The pairings are set. Historic renovation of Southern Hills by Gil Hans is ready to go. And I think the best one, gentlemen, is Gary Van Sickle, the longtime uh, noteworthy uh, sports journalist who has termed a new uh, piece in his uh, latest one with SI. Prepare to be Hans. Because <laughs> <laughs> Southern Hills has been Hans. The man who redesigns and renovates major championship venues, Gil Hans, has worked his magic over Perry Maxwell's legendary design out in Tulsa. You have found Golf Talk Live. My panel is with me, as always, of experts, Andy Hydorn. We're going to find out about his club championship perils this past weekend. Mm, Yeah. And our resident. I'm sorry, Andy? Perils is correct. Perils. Okay. And our resident PGA golf professional on the panel this evening, Brendan Elliott. Hello, sir. Hi, guys. And we're missing our other PGA pro, Bobby Baldessari. He's literally out picking the range. But uh, because that's what PGA golf pros do, not PGA tour professionals. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Is there a difference? I don't know. Maybe we can discuss that. But, Brendan, this is your week, man. I'm a former PGA pro. I gave it up. I'm an amateur again. If you've seen my game, you understand why. But this is your week, my friend, the championship for the association being played at, as I mentioned, Southern Hills. Last played there in 107 degrees when Tiger Woods won it in 2007. And you actually just penned an article from uh, about Perry Maxwell. So uh, the floor is yours, so to speak. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I didn't know much about him. I knew the name and I knew he was part of that, that golden era of uh, architecture. Um, and when I was diving into doing research about him, he had his hand in a lot of stuff. Like I, I, I went to a website that some folks are trying to get historical, factual information about everything he's done. And it was 106 courses that he either designed, co-designed, was a consultant, and, and it included uh, Pine Valley and, and Augusta National. And, and you know, his big claim to fame was two things. Um, big undulating greens um, and using... Check. Southern Hills has that. Yeah, and using using the, the natural topography was there. I'm not trying to move too much earth. And, and I, I've... He, he's not alone in doing that. But even uh, when I was doing my research... Um, lot of the lot of the big big names of the time uh like mckenzie um mckenzie specifically said that he was the master maxwell was the master of being able to just kind of look at a landscape and and visualize how he wanted the holes to be laid out and you know you talked about gil hans redesign i don't think he liked to call it a redesign it was like a, a reimagination of what maxwell had done originally because a lot of things had changed. Like there was a lot of uh, small water features, creeks that use creek, crick, however you say it, wherever you're from, would get, they got filled in and uh, there was rough. And he took, Hans took all the rough out. He put some of those water features back in. He took some of the slopes on the edges of greens that would kind of save shots from, from rolling off if you were on the wrong side of a slope. And those are gone. So it's going to be, it's not the course where Tiger lit it up in 2007. They well, may go low. I don't know, but who knows? I, I, that's why I choose, chose the words historic renovation, because that was actually yeah. Gil's, Gil and his partner, Jim Wagner. That, that was his exact words when describing it, restoring. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, Maxwell laid the foundation. He just brought it back natural. Many people may, not, may or may not be aware, as you obviously hit an explosion shot, for example, out of a bunker. Uh, mm-hmm. 
that sand's going to be left on the green. It's over years and years and years. It's going to continue to build up. And that was the yep. biggest thing, you know, as, as I took away from the fan sickles article and, and as I've been seeing this week, you know, watch, watching the prep work for the, for the tournament is the natural runoffs that Maxwell is known for mm-hmm. had been lost. Yeah. Um, Andy, totally different golf course, obviously. I mean, does it favor one player over another player in your perspective? We're not, we're not picking names yet, but I mean, creativity yeah, I mean, I, or. I, well, I think, I think the, uh, and I just got off my pool picks right before our podcast here. So, well played. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's this is definitely from all of all of the popular opinion by the people that know it's a ball strikers tournament, right? I mean, because of because of how long the golf course is and it's and it's relatively wide in the driving areas, you know, it's a second shot course and and uh, the guys who do well hitting greens and regulation, I think are going to have a good week. Um, but I love the fact that, and I've seen some of the, some of the before and after photos is bringing those creeks back out of being covered um, to me just makes a golf course so much more attractive, um, so much more interesting and, and uh they, they've done a pretty good job in the golf channel getting people ready and excited to watch this tournament. Well, I mean, the words from the GOAT, Gil did a fantastic job altering the course. We are going to be tested around the greens a lot, a lot of green, a lot of creativity, puts a lot of premium on putting the ball, putting the ball in play and in the fairway and somehow below the holes. And then I love this, this line from Tiger, and this goes to the back, back to the whole conversation about slope and undulation and the changes over since 1936 was Tiger goes on to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of slope on some of the greens. It's kind of nice to see nine and 18, not playing at a different speed. There's so much undulation on those two greens alone. They had to cut them at different height for the 07 uh, uh, tournament. Yeah. I remember the, the U S open that Retief Goosen won. Yeah. Nope. And uh, do you remember that crazy? That was a crazy tournament because I forget who else it was that was in the hunt with him. Both of them missed. Mark Brooks. Maybe. Both of them missed really short putts on 18. Yes. But, yeah. but to your point, Alan, yeah. I, I think he made the slopes on, on those two greens so that they could have the speeds of, of 9 and 18 be just like the rest of them. I mean, they're, they're talking about roll-offs in some cases, 20, 30 year, yards off the green. I mean, if you're on the wrong side of the hole – they're also talking about you got to pump it in the middle of the greens. And if they're big greens, as you're saying, which is notorious of a maximal type design, right, Brennan? I mean, yeah. you're on the I wrong mean, side of it. You may be, you know, it, it's actually, it's almost Pinehurst, Pinehurst number two-esque, if you will, with some of the creativity I think it's going to present to these guys. Well, and a little bit of what Mackenzie and, as I, as I said, I uh, – Maxwell was part of that was what you see at Augusta a little bit with the green complexes. You know, you can't be on the wrong side of the hole this week. And same thing at Augusta, you can't be on the wrong side of the hole. Um, We see that one year after year. So we know that intimately. We talked about that back during the masters, but. um, By the way, who who was it at the masters that was complaining about Ben? (laughs) Was that Lauer? No, it wasn't Lauer. It was Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Good Lord, that guy. Does anybody know the forecast for the week? Is it hot and dry? Or... Uh, I, I all I know like is the wind is going to be changing directions throughout mm-hmm. the week. All I know is I, it, uh, they're saying firm and fast, and Tiger's got a two iron in his bag. So yeah, I saw uh, that. The stinger. You know, one, <clears throat> one of the other things that I saw was, you know, the runoffs are one thing, but, but they're like huge just elevation changes on some of those pitch shots, like, like way over the head of, of, uh, of the player when they're down there at the bottom of the hill and pitching up onto the green, those are hard shots. Um, so it, it'll be interesting, no doubt. Well, they, they went to epic detail going back with the his club historian finding for photos from there to try to get it exactly as it 
obviously it's playing 300 yards longer than 2007 that technology mandates that as well as the athletes themselves but is around they thinned out trees a lot of trees it's no longer going to be a uh lay it out to the corner and hit your approach in from there it's going to give some of these bombers you know some options yep you know that's it, it's going to be it's going to be intriguing without question you know you think about how they manicure and get u.s open courses ready and in this this was a u.s open course and it, it just goes to show how many different ways you can set up a golf course for the best players in the world and have different defenses. You can have, you know, graduated rough that gets up words of, you know, in the third cut, you know, 12 inches high. And then, then you get courses like this with no rough and a lot of runoff and slopes and, and danger all over the, but it's pretty open. And it's just, in, you know, it's, it's fascinating the different ways that you can challenge these guys. Yeah. For sure. Jordan get it done this week? He's on my top three. Really? Yeah. That's who I picked in the first round of my pool. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I like Scotty. I like him. Um, I like Phil. Oh, no. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so should we talk about should we talk about the guy who's been most talked about and not even being there? Sure. I think we have to. I think this week, this week was some unbelievable revelations. We knew it was coming, you know, with Shipnuck's book, but I, I didn't read the oh, book. Oh, nice, nice segue, Andy. That was yeah. well played. <laughs> but I, I saw the interview um, that Rich Lerner did with him, and it, to me, was bombshells, right? Well, I'll, I'll admit I didn't catch the interview, but go, please elaborate because I'm you're you're I'm hearing it first from through you. Well, I mean a lot of stuff that you had heard before, um, but you know, more whispers than anything else. But like for example, he, he talked about how money was the reason that Bones and Phil broke up. Hmm. I had never heard that before. Mm -mm. And, and that's a little bit... Wait a minute. I think I did hear that part, that, that Bones was owed a, quite a bit of money, allegedly. Apparently, yeah. Hmm. Um, but, but the major point was all of these financial potholes that Phil's got himself involved in, and, it, and it's affected almost everything that he's doing. Um, that one in particular, the one about bones, I I didn't know. Um, and I, well, I saw I saw one on social today. I mean, that Gary McCord alleges that um, at least his side of the story that he he was signal bones. If Phil, he would have a a putting contest with Phil for a bet, yeah. and we're talking a couple hundred dollars, and and he was signal bones, and bones would kind of whisper in Phil's ear, and Phil would nod yes or no, given the you know, the likelihood he felt he could make the putt. I read that as well. That's crazy. 1-800-GAMBLER. Yep. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and, and you say that kidding, but, but, you know, same thing with Jordan, right? Um, same thing with Barkley. I, I just think some of these guys just, just are completely and totally gambling degenerates and phil seems to be one of them do you, know, you remember it, do you remember back years ago well when baltimore won their first super bowl mm -hmm. do you remember when phil put a decent sized bet on baltimore like at the beginning of the season to win the super bowl um and he cashed in kind of a huge ticket and everyone was talking about it how you know, nobody would have picked Baltimore, blah, blah, blah. Trent Dilfer was their quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I think I think if you're a guy like Phil, you can talk about all these wins that you have, but they're, they're totally hiding all the losses. Um, and that's clearly what's going on with him is that, you know, he's got a huge gambling problem and may owe some people quite a bit of money. It's, it's, it's interesting. So these guys, when they first came out, when I say these guys, it's Phil's and the Tigers, 
um, that 40s to 50 somethings, there was no social media. And then you think previous to that, you know, with Jack and Arnie, obviously the, there was no social media. And I don't think a lot of the younger guys, like the Rickies and, and the Jordans and the maybe a little bit with Brooks and Bryson, what we saw, but I don't think those guys could get away with some of the stuff we've been finding out, you know, some of the, whatever you want to call them, transgressions or, or in, in Phil's case, you know, gambling addiction, I guess you can seriously call it that. If it sounds like it. Um, but it, you know, at the end of the day, they're people and they're people with lots of money <laughs> and, and sometimes lots of money can make you do some ridiculous and stupid things. And because they didn't have that microscope, they did have a microscope through media, uh, through general media, but not social media. So things right. didn't don't get out there like they do today. And well, and, yeah, and you're gonna yeah, obviously if you're a known beat writer and you're getting some good insight, you're not gonna expose no, that because you want you, you want that insight, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I still think that there's there's a fair amount of hiding and protecting that goes on mm-hmm. um, with these athletes. I, I just, I, I was, I'll never forget this. It was my 40th birthday and I was uh, with some people who were pretty high up at Callaway and, and uh, that day it was Super Bowl Sunday and that day the phones were going off the hook because Phil apparently had some very other personal problem, you know, illegitimate kid yeah. type yeah. rumor going on. And this was this was conversation that was going back and forth between the, the people that know at Callaway. So um, let's just assume that, that that is true and real. We never heard anything about that. So I, I do think that the, that there are things that that those guys get protected on. Yeah. Um, no, no question. And it's too bad because it it overshadows what you can't take away from them, the amazing golfers that they are. And if we could just appreciate that, it'd be it'd be fine. I was so I told you guys on a previous episode, I was I've never been the biggest Phil Mickelson fan. But last year was really, really freaking cool. And I was there at the at Kiowa to watch that. And that was just such a cool, historical, big deal. And then to have all of this, you, you got to feel bad. Even if you don't like the guy or like what he he's, he's done, you got to feel bad for him at the same time. Yeah, there's there's no question. But, you know, another another part of that interview that I thought was really impactful on me anyway was um you know he he went on to say how phil has as a persona to the public and he's got a persona to his peers and you know he he also rich Lerner said this he he said look most athletes and entertainers have that anyway and it's good for them it's good for business it's good for their image absolutely and and he went on to say, or Shipnuck went on to say how Phil's never been liked by his peers. Never. Um, there may be a guy or two here and there that, you know, he's friendly with and, and you know, has a friendship with. But, but by and large, you know, and I've always heard that too, but never really knew anything so if you want to take Shipnuck's word for it it's just another character thing about phil that that you've heard over the years that that to me yeah, that the, stuff's disturbing the biggest thing you continuously hear about him obviously and it goes back to the first point which is phil equals money game yeah mm-hmm. so you know does the guys do the guys that want to pl- the, the guys that do play the practice rounds with him monday tuesday wednesday what are they playing the practice rounds with him for I mean, that's ultimately the the question. So, so wait, we're we're recording. You're actually hearing this on Thursday. We posted out on social that we're going to we delayed the opening so we can get 
right up to the minute uh, details. Uh, the sun is literally setting in preparation on Wednesday night for, but there's also another name. Uh, Bryson just literally 30 minutes ago, just withdrew formally. Yeah, I saw that coming. So uh, there's another big name. We kind of expected that one, but uh, he, he held out to the very last minute. Um, does that open the door for John Daly-esque opportunity <laughs> for somebody? Somebody could drive through the night from Arkansas and could be right. I mean, yeah. who was who was it? Who was the next on the list? I don't, I don't know, know who the next alternate is, but that'd be hilarious. Just to we ought to we ought to track that just for the hell of it. Yeah. But Bryson did say yesterday. I saw in an interview that that you know he was going to try and do it. He yeah. was gonna he was gonna wait as long as he could, but also not wait so long that someone couldn't get in. So um, I kind of appreciate that consideration. Absolutely. We, do, we don't have one of our colleagues on tonight that's a big fan of Bryson. I'm legitimately <laughs> someone that likes Bryson. Um, and he catches that be so Christian? much. Are you referring uh, to Christian? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I, I think he takes a lot of crap. And um, I, I just think it's because, in my opinion, I just think it's because he's a little bit quirky, a little bit different. different. How he goes. And yeah. I think he's honest, though. And, you know, people are giving him crap that he's got. He's part of this group uh, of guys that are going to go over and do the Saudi deal and this and that. And he was injured. And people always had something else that they wanted to bring up that was the reason behind why he's not playing or why he's not doing this and the speculation and people being so off the mark a lot of times with their speculation just drives me insane, you know, and, uh, and I'm glad that he, you know, put some stuff up on social to highlight what he's been going through with the, with the wrist and, and letting people see that he, he, for the most part, I think he tells the truth. I, I, I take it from a very credible source that it, it got to spend some some quality time back when Bryson was still a, an amateur and playing down and uh, playing a collegiate event. And guy, kid used to stay at his house some of the, some of these events. Got to know him, let him borrow his cars. Said he's the most honest guy in in the world, and and calls it like like he said, Brennan. Calls it like he sees it. And uh, I think he respects history. I think he, you know, the win at Bay Hill was was huge to him um obviously winning an open is huge to somebody but mm -hmm. he is he's quirky he is definitely different he is definitely I, I mean i've i've stood greenside at uh during some practice sessions and i don't know what he's thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think part of the price you pay for being an athlete who's who's able to make millions upon millions of dollars playing a game is that people judge you they, they judge you by your your on-field performance and they judge you by your you know off-field performance too and uh, that's part of the price they pay so you know i don't feel bad one bit for any of those guys and oh and, no no and to your Would point you you've created you've created your own persona by being quirky and if some people don't like it and they don't like you so what yeah you know? I mean, look look at the master of them all. I mean, who did come up pre-social media? Obviously, we know his problems. Look at Tiger. Yeah. I mean, Tiger didn't. Tiger had as many people that disliked Tiger as liked Tiger in the early days. You know, he was he was not beloved. He was not the beloved fallen champion returning to to glory that he is in the twilight of his career now. Right. He well, was. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say he's the, he's the tiger that you know the legendary walking down the back steps at Augusta and walking past his mom and Phil Knight and not even saying a word because he was just yeah. in a different world. Yep. Yeah, and another one that comes to mind is Bubba Watson, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that hate Bubba Watson, mm -hmm. and I I would venture a guess to say that Bubba Watson is probably one of the nicer people out there. Um, I, I but, mean, granted, but, we're not, yeah, we're not behind everything. As they say, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. What right. he puts out there, he's always at the drive chip and putt. He's yep. always at yep. the Solheim cup. 
He's always yep. he's always just having fun and the, experiencing the fun of the game and supporting others. Enough for me. But but he also was the guy who would always bitch at his caddy. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always complaining out there. And and I I think those things that you mentioned, Alan, are real. Like the drive, chip, and putt in the Solheim Cup. That stuff is real. Yeah. And while the other stuff is real too. It's just a guy reacting to stress, right? Yeah, he hit a shitty shot. Right. I'm not happy. Right, exactly. So, but again, people love to, to you know, I was well, not it, a Bubba. Andy, it's, Andy it's, it's no different. I'm going to make an analogy in my world because I'm definitely not Bubba. Um, I tell people all the time when, when I'm hired to go in and consult, by the way, shameless plug, Brendan. When I'm hired to go in and, and consult <laughs> on a golf course, it's easy to be critical being critical of somebody is is finding the faults in an operation when i walk in and go here's the list you know one through 100 it's difficult to find and build people up yeah 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 so i tried to segue i mentioned his name but and and you and somebody's also mentioned scotty scheffler yeah Shuffler returns hasn't has kind of laid low a little bit, but I loved I loved it. I just got to mention the line because I loved it because they asked asked him about the upcoming week. He goes, "Well, Tiger's here, so not a <laughs> lot of people are talking about me." Yeah, I saw that. It's amazing how he stayed under the radar, you know. But he's got to be one of the top two or three favorites. He has to be. He's the favorite. Yeah. He is on all the odds lists that I saw. He was a favorite. He played pretty decent last week. Yep. So the other, the other noteworthy comment is because uh, I failed to mention when I was talking about the golf course itself, tipping out at, I got to find the exact number, 75.55? No, 75.56. Right. Longest, longest championship ever. Yeah, that record gets broken every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're, there's so many things, right. I mean, firmness and, and weather, I mean, God, the ball goes forever this time of year mm-hmm. in, in that climate. And, um, you know, and, and those courses are so hard and firm and there's so much roll and that's the way the tour wants it. That's the way the PGA wants it. It's, it just, I don't know. It, to me, the distance numbers are really skewed because of all that. So, so watch out. Yeah. So, oh my God, this was perfect. That was like, it was like we were playing volleyball and you just set this one for me. I was just going to say, watch how I connect these dots. So the, the, obviously the big, the big story is the featured pairing tomorrow or on Thursday morning. Yep. Tiger, Jordan and Rory. Yep. I mean, if you're a couch potato, you couldn't have it better than that. Yeah. So, and I, by the way, I will be a couch potato tomorrow watching the first round. <laughs> At minimum, I'll be on my computer live streaming it. But this is where I was going with this, connecting the next dot. Did anybody see the uh, TrackMan numbers on Tiger and the rave about his speed coming back? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't see anything? I was going to ask you what, what ma- you got. I heard someone mention. I was just going to ask you, you guys have seen him hitting some some balls. I mean, you're a, I mean, an accomplished instructor, an accomplished player. Uh, what have you, I mean, how strong does he look? So all I've, all I've really heard, I, I read um, somebody had interviewed uh, Joey LaCava, and uh, obviously he hasn't seen him since, I think it's since Augusta. And then, no, they did some stuff at, at the home course last week. Um, some playing and Joey and him were out there and he was very impressed with within a month, how much stronger he's gotten. Um, so that's the big story I heard is he's stronger and he's, he's feeling much better. He's recovering much quicker. So I haven't seen TrackMan data, but I could only assume if he's feeling that way, that he's probably, you know, which is frightening. Cause I, I told you guys at Augusta, he looked really good to me just a little, you know, gingerly when he was walking around and maybe hesitating, but it doesn't surprise me. 
I'm sure you're looking them up right now. I'm going to fill us in because I, 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 I am. In <laughs> fact, yeah, that, can you tell I'm looking down at my, my <laughs> phone right now? Well, I know, I know at Augusta, his ball speed was in the, the mid 160s. Yeah. Which is pretty it's good. It's about tour average, a little bit over tour average, I would say. Yeah. Oh, God, I got to find this because it's, it's insane. I mean, but I did, I did hear that his numbers are up pretty significantly. I think there was a drive in a practice round. He catched up with Gary Woodland, I heard, and he hit one like 357 or something on on the hole. He played or caught up with Woodland. Hit it by him, I believe. And Woodland's no slouch. <laughs> He's a tremendous slouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, da, 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 I'm still fine. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I might have found something right here. Woods plays practice round Sunday. Uh, Todd Lewis was reporting. Uh, this might be Lewis reported that Woods' swing speed appeared robust, including a 358-yard yeah. drive at the par four second. Yeah. Huh. That's not bad. Mm-mm. I don't know. I mean, I was – gung-ho because he was coming back at Augustus, so I jumped into that bandwagon that, oh, he's going to do big things. And now I've been hesitant this week, but he's in a much better position, I feel like, to do what I had hoped he would have done at Augusta. The aforementioned hills of Southern Hills fatigue factor, obviously, still? I I heard somebody say that if Augusta's a 10... Southern Hills is a seven and a half in okay. terms of, okay. of difficulty of, of getting around, you know? Um, but then, you know, they're going to go to, to uh, Brookline for the U S open. And that is not a hilly golf course at all. Yeah. Uh, and then St. Andrews is St. Andrews. So. Yeah. There's a lot of Hills there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're called mounds. <laughs> He makes the cut for sure. Ah, oh, without question. I what mean, he does beyond that, I still I don't want to make any. You guys, you guys are really confident in here. I mean, he's not played any golf, right? Right, dude. It's Tiger Woods. It's right big, wide open fairways. <laughs> he's still one of the best iron strikers of the ball today. I'm not saying he's not going to make the cut, but I'm not as confident as you guys. <laughs> Well, I, that's as far as I'm going for now, yeah. at least on the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, where does he finish? <laughs> I no comment. All right, I'll put it out there. I'll take a stand. He he makes the cut and he finishes top twenty five. What was he, Augusta? Forty fifth. Forty seven. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could go with that. Warmer right. temperatures, stronger, a seven versus a 10, big open property where he can spank it around a little bit and hit a few off the planet if necessary. My question comes to the, which he is still the most creative shot maker in the game, but is that shot making still so finely tuned? I mean, that was whatever. That's what he was talking about. He goes, at least I still got my hands. This was his, his Augusta conversation. Still, I, I still have my hands, right? And all he was able to do is short game, short game, short game. But then his putting and his short game was not ideal at Augusta. Which falls and, into my point of you can practice and be good with all that stuff, but if you're not getting game time reps in, it's really hard to, to be good. Agreed. Those things. But he's Tiger Woods. But he's Tiger Woods. Andy, do you want to take a stand? Christian would Christian would tell you. He'd say the same thing. Makes the cut top 20, probably. Yeah, I'm going to be Michael Wilbon and say that, that he uh, misses the cut. Oh. Mm. Wow. Hey, we have a panel. Somebody has to be on the other side of <laughs> yeah. the equation. Right? Whether I think that or not, that's us. That's my position here. But I, 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 you'll be the first one when he top tens it to say that was awesome. Of course. 
Yeah. So let's roll roll it into who you got this week. Well, I got a lot of people, but you know, one of the names that I'll say that that nobody will really pick is Xander because yeah. last last week Xander was was way off the cut line midway yep. through the second round like way off the cut line he played he played his last i want to say 12 holes at eight under or something like that don't don't quote me on that but it was something like that um made the cut shot 61 on sunday yep so he clearly found something that that was clicking so That'll that'll be my kind of dark horse pick if Xander Shoffley can be a dark horse. Not gonna happen. Brendan. I think the obviously the safest bet would be Scotty. Um way to go out on a limb, brother. <laughs> is but, that really is that really a safe bet? I mean, he, he I, won the last major. But he's won 50% of his last, I don't even know how many starts. Like, he's put up Tiger numbers. But at some point, it's like, okay, that's got to even itself out. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's say Ricky Fowler wins. No, he's <laughs> playing, is, the, he's playing over in the live. That is unsafe bet. Well, he's playing he, in the live championship. There yeah. are some things, there are some factors, though, like Oklahoma – you know, there's there's yeah. some there's yeah. some things there that might inspire him. Well, that gives credence to the whole Jordan Spieth thing, right? I mean, yeah. Oklahoma, Texas, you know, same kind of. Yep, yeah, I, I, I can feel that. And he's in the news now for some comments, so maybe that'll light a fire under his butt a little bit too. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky is. Yeah, Ricky's yeah. definitely in the news. I'm going John Rom. That's a good pick for sure. Yeah, I mean, how do, how do you say that's not a good? How do you say, unless you're like me, how do you say Sheffler's not a good pick? There are those guys are all good picks, you know. But, I, but love, I will I will I say three other names that are I wouldn't say flying under the radar because they're world class and top names. I think Dustin isn't getting enough looks. Yep. I don't think Hovland, even my boy is uh, getting enough looks. And then JT, I think. Uh... Hovland's got the Oklahoma mojo. Yep. yep. Yeah, big time. I would love to see Rory win again, personally. That would be a good, great story, for sure. Yeah. How about John Daly? How would that story be? <laughs> is he riding in a cart? Does he get a cart for this? John wow. Daly, to me, is... he's. He's like Phil. Yeah. He's a he's a less polished Phil. <laughs> a lot less polished. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's the poor man's Phil. <laughs> there, there's there's not a bit of polish on that guy. No. So another another just off the top, just because it popped up while I was doing that research looking for Tiger's swing speed. I gotta find it again now. Oh, I lost it. And there's a new there's a new golf movie coming out. Do you see that one, Andy? A new golf movie? No. A new golf movie coming out. Yeah. Something open the open Phantom of the There you go, Phantom of the Open. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That sounds like a classic. Yeah. They're trying to compare it all the way to Phantom of the of the Open review of the new movie celebrating the great game of golf. So, so there's another okay. golf movie that's in the early, early stages right now that I've actually talked to um, the producers who are, who are trying to put this thing together. But um, there is a, a kind of a journeyman PGA Tour player from Vermont named Jeff Julian. I know Jeff, yeah. 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 Jeff died of ALS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, and, I'd, I'd love to see that story. That would be well, good. It, it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, and um, it'll it'll be really interesting. I mean, Jeff's 
Jeff's widow is a very good friend of mine and, and uh, I knew Jeff as well. And so it's, it's, I really hope they, they get this movie made and, and uh, it sounds like there's a lot of mojo for it right now. So, so I played, I'm a native Vermonter. So I played in the Vermont state open twice. Are you really? Oh, I am. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that either. And Jeff Julian was, he was, he was, I mean, always obviously up at the top of that leaderboard. Um, I also, here's another blast for the past. Lake Morien, where the Vermont Open's held every year. I'm, yeah. I'm walking, I'm walking off uh, 18 because the guys that didn't play well the first day are going out early. <laughs> and you got to literally peek around the, the pro shop. Just look down, you're looking right down the barrel of number one as this ball just goes whizzing down the fairway and uh, drives the first hole. It's Lance Dembroek. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, Rich, Park, yeah, Rich Parker is another guy who used to play in a lot of Vermont Opens in those days. Do you remember that name at all? I don't remember that name. I skipped my high school graduation to go play in the Vermont Open. Yep, Lake Maury. What a dog track. Stepped, <laughs> stepped up on the first tee and flat out topped it. <laughs> back to jeff real quick i'm looking right above my desk i got a flag als flag signed by bruce edwards watson and jeff julian oh that's awesome that is awesome you know they they started a foundation driving for life that's it yep that's the flag i got yep and uh, i used to do some work with them with the driving for life fundraising stuff so it's it's pretty awesome. I really hope, really hope they make the movie. It was it's Jeff was a great guy, and and uh, it'd be an awesome awesome story to tell. Golf entertainment wise, I just thought of that Netflix show that's coming out soon, where they're following around some PGA Tour pros. I don't know what the launch date is, but you guys see anything about that? Well, they better they better watch who they're following around. <laughs> yeah, I know. Aforementioned conversation about protecting people, but uh, uh, I have I, I did see that. I don't know much about it. Um, so but, one 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 other thing that I wanted to mention is uh, I don't know if you guys heard this, but there's some some talk that Greg Norman's going to be out. I heard that yesterday. I heard that. Yeah. Um, Did he get and, upset after finding out that he offered uh, Jack a hundred million? <laughs> well, I, I just think it's it's pretty hilarious that that all the the damage that he's done to himself for this whole thing, and they're going to boot him out out on his ass. <laughs> I mean, talk about insult to injury, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Not good. Wow. So, and that was, that was, again, I believe it was Shipnuck from another reliable media source. Um, isn't, isn't that what you heard, Brendan? I don't know what the source was, but it was in one of the headlines I was flipping through on, on Facebook yesterday, yeah. I believe. Something about he might be out. Well, shit, if it's on Facebook, you know it's true. Oh, it was it was on Golf WR. Where's the Ministry of Disinformation when we need it? <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. It was it was on Golf WRX. Yep. We've got a, allegations being thrown around. Where is the ministry? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we need censorship. Andy, what we need to know is what happened. <laughs> yes. What happened with your club championship. Oh, was that? You did, you, we almost made it through an entire show here with, without you spilling. Well, I secured a top five finish. I can tell you that. Much. Okay. <laughs> How many guys are in the field? Top six. Uh, in, in this flight, about 12. There you okay. go. All right. So, actually, the, the um, two guys tied at three under for 36 holes. And, uh, went and did a real quick one-shot playoff because my buddy Bill launched one into the, the neighborhood out of bounds right on the, on the first tee shot. Um, and he shot 66 the first round, which is a great round of golf. Wow. But, yeah, Andy was not good. And then 
I, uh, I did get to play in the U.S. Senior Open Qualifier on Monday mm-hmm. um, to similar results, but that was a, that was a fun experience. Um, lots, of, lots of ex-tour players there. Um, Len Matisse was there. Mm-hmm. Todd Hamilton was there. Um, Esteban Toledo. Wow. Uh, I love his story. Yeah, it was a great story. Um, so yeah, that was fun. That was fun doing that qualifier. And our our very own traveling golfer Tony Leodora was actually travel was up at Saucon doing media day uh, yeah. just the other day. So uh, if I don't know if you caught if, for you folks listening, I don't know if you caught that on our Facebook page, um, which by the way it is true. It was actually Tony. Yeah. Um, I mean, golf golf course looks spectacular. It's gonna be great for the for the Senior Open when it comes yeah. into town. Yeah, I was, I was, I was not expecting anything, but hoping for for lightning in a bottle because Saucon Valley was the first job I ever had. Cool. Um, it was three miles from my high school. Hmm. Um, would have been would have been really cool. Right, eighteenth green. What do you got? Final thoughts. I gotta don't be that guy, real quick. Oh, oh shit! I'm sorry, Andy. You're your favorite part of the show. and i posted this (laughs) i i posted this on facebook uh yesterday i think i was reading there was two threads within the last two days i read where somebody posed a question i think the guys at me and my golf posed a question and then somewhere else is how far does the average person hit their driver and i'm going through this thread with my head ready to explode because (laughs) people have no concept of way that they hit the ball. So I Googled it and there was a March this year article on golf.com or something where it had the distance report from the USGA and the RNA. And I think something like 214 yards was the average carry for not carry average di- total distance for male amateurs. And even when you got down to like six handicap and under, it was 240. And then on the women's side, it was like 149 was the average. Yet people get this in their mind that they average 270 when they hit 270 once in the last three weeks, you know, and it first it bothered me. And then it made me think, don't be that guy, because that's ruining your your scoring up your your golf game. You're scoring because your your macho ness makes you hit clubs into greens, probably that you have no business hitting into. Where- where, where's where's Bobby when we need him? He made, yeah, exactly. he made May the official take one more club of the month. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so don't be that guy thinking you hit it 280 when you did that once 30 mile per hour downwind downhill. Don't Love be it. that guy. Don't yeah. be that guy. All right, then we'll come back to you, Andy. Final thoughts. My final thought is um, just two little quick bites right one of them is the ladies played another awesome golf course at upper montclair last week yes they did again just checking off great venue after great venue um in another great tournament um and, and my final point is that you know i think the pga gets a bad rap um people love to to talk about the pga like it's it's clearly the the least interesting of the four ma- of the four majors and while that may be true it's still a great tournament it's still played at great venues mm-hmm. it, it's got the, the pga professionals you know the club pros there it's a great event and and i i don't really understand and appreciate the bashing that it gets yeah i, agree. I think the association did a tremendous job by, and i know there was a lot of logistical reason yeah it's new home in May, I think, is huge for the PGA Championship. Agreed. I mean, it was it was it was kind of forgotten about. I hate to no, not forgotten about because it's major, but it was just off there in August, and just it was there. And it was hot, like real hot. It was like two weeks after like the the Open Championship, almost, right. right, or three weeks, right. or it was really close, right. My final thought. My final thought is uh, actually 
you know, Brendan's works in, works in all these shameless plugs for his articles that he writes on PGA.com. My shameless plug is I just signed up a new listing for a golf course, Somners National in Somners, New York, Upper Westchester County. Anybody's in the market for a really good golf course and you live in the New York metro area or you want to move to the New York metro area, we're equal opportunity. We don't care. Great nice. golf course, Sumner's National. Uh, it'll be up. Uh, be happy to send you any information. Anybody wants to shoot me a note about that. Where, where golf is talk. it? What's that? Where is it? About 15 minutes uh, from Danbury, literally two miles off of uh, I-684. Yep. It is, uh, it was bought by a couple of guys. They, they put a, uh, dumped some money into it, repositioned it, uh, some local guys, I should say. And, uh, they really have turned this place around. They each have business interests elsewhere. So they've, uh, I, I did some consulting with them before and now, uh, they've asked me to assist in finding, uh, the next Stuart to take the property to his next level. But, Very cool. Uh, Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Mr. Elliott, now your final thought. I'd just like to echo what, what Andy says. Being a PGA professional, I know the inner workings and I know it's not perfect, but in large part, PGA members are really out there to make the game a better thing. And, you know, there may be some mis missteps along the way from, uh, from the high level, but this week is, like you said, Alan, this is a week for the PGA to show what they're capable of doing. Um, maybe their beer prices could have been a little bit lower, but other than that, it's going to be a great week. It's uh, up in Tulsa. There you go. So Andy, without Christian here, I have to throw it over to you because it sounds like uh, maybe they go hit it long and straight because, and by the way, wait, wait for the sound effect on the show. I found some new sound effects. I'm working them into the, uh, into the audio. So Andy hit it long and straight because it's better than being two and th three fairways over and having to hit another tee ball. <laughs> Enjoy the PGA, everyone. You only have one opportunity to sell your golf property. Shouldn't you partner with an expert that offers you 30 plus years of golf industry experience combined with the reach of a global leader in real estate? Collier's International Golf Brokerage and Advisory Services understands your unique business needs. Whether it is brokerage, management, and consulting, be reassured that the market leader in the business of golf is providing you the real answers and practical solutions you deserve. Contact Golf Talk Live co-host and Collier's Golf Advisory Services member, Alan Depew today at 717-554-8519. That's 717-554-8519.